Hello, hello. Thank you for joining me today. This is the Spicy Pecan Podcast. Have you ever had a dream that that you um you had you 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 could you do you you want you you could do so you you do you could. Welcome back, my people. Thank you for joining me on another episode of the Spicy Pecan Podcast. I am your resident pecan, Nina. Um, welcome to all the new pecans. If this is the first time you're listening to the show, welcome, welcome. I am so grateful that you are here. Um, make sure you take the time to um, like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube right now and leave a review, share if you are listening on the pod directories. A uh, lot going on. This has been a cool week. Um, the weather has been a little crappy on the East Coast. I don't know how everyone else is doing. Um, actually, throughout the country, it seems like it's kind of crazy. When I have glimpsed at the news, I haven't been watching the news as much. I've been kind of just checking news articles for the most part. Um, no reason in particular, just um, timing, I guess. But some good stuff coming up. Um, who's planning on go, uh, being in New York anytime soon? If you are, tag my ass. I'm planning on being in um, New York more than likely this weekend, next weekend, and uh, probably uh, a little bit in August. Um, bunch of stuff, really cool things happening. Um, but feel free to tag me in anything that you think Spicy Pecan should cover. Um, I definitely want to start doing more lives, uh, you know, because I think... My interaction with other people is also, you know, something that I want to highlight. I think the show does really good with interviews and things like that. So anyway, I'm definitely planning on visiting the big city now that everything is open a lot more. Um, who has done Top Golf? Have you done Top Golf yet? Top Golf is actually really cool. I didn't realize they're not everywhere. Um, it's actually pretty limited as far as the locations that they offer, apparently. But there is one in North Jer- or, uh, in South Jersey, um, Mount Laurel. Me and my family went. I'll share some pictures of that. Uh, we went. We had a great time. We actually ended up being on the bottom level, um, which I thought was going to be whack, but it was totally fine. Um, it doesn't impede anything, and it doesn't make you feel like you're getting less of an experience. The only thing I would say is try to avoid a day where it's raining because once that ball hits the the that fake turf grass um and it's wet over it's not bouncing anywhere it's not going anywhere so that's my excuse as to why my score sucks so bad i definitely plan on going back though um it was cool i liked it you know you're probably looking at 50 bucks um for entry and then you know whatever you're gonna eat with food general probably like hooters prices i would say um but definitely a, a good time I wanted to get you guys' opinion since, you know, we're catching up and everything. Um, I am trying to figure out what to do with my hair. Um, I've been doing, like, forward. It looks a lot better in person. You can't really see, like, a lot of the layers. Um, but I I don't know. I'm almost kind of considering going even shorter, like, almost like a fade. I'm going to show you a picture of Egypt Christ. Um, she's on that uh, Growing Up Hip Hop show, uh, Salt's Daughter, or Peppa's Daughter, rather. Um, she has this really cute fade that I've been kind of, you know, debating back and forth. So let me know what you think. Definitely um, give me your opinion. 
um, it does matter. You know, you guys see this mud. So, um, and I definitely, I, I want to change, but I want to keep my hair short. Um, you know, first half of my life, my hair was long. Um, I hated it. <laughs> it was annoying. My hair grows in real thick. Um, like even now I got a haircut maybe like, uh, a week and a half ago and I already, you know, kind of need a trim again. Um, but anyway, give me your opinion. I would love, I would love for you to, um, you know, to pipe in on that. Now, I don't know how everyone has been doing in COVID as far as dating, and I'm not going to belabor this, um, but I just, you know, on my heart, so I just kind of wanted to say something about it. I know that just based off of the Apple podcast numbers, Apple pod is where the bulk of my listeners listen. So when I make decisions about the show, I'm really using Apple analytics to make those decisions. So what I know about the show is that um, mostly women listen to the show. Decent amount of fellas, but mostly women are listening to the show. So I want to take this moment and talk about dating just for a hot second. Just, you know, just a little bit. How are you guys doing dating after COVID? I have been finding it, I mean, first of all, I've been having a ball. I have to say, I've been meeting some really, really amazing people. There have been like little bouts where I've been single and I've used like the dating apps and stuff like that. And I have had some times where it is like garbage, garbage on top of garbage. Not saying that people are garbage. Well, I, I kind of am saying that people are garbage, but I, that's not really what I mean. What I mean is just really not matches for me. Like, I just, I mean, drama filled. A couple of, this was, this was a while ago, but I remember being on um, Plenty of Fish. Ew, who's on Plenty of Fish? Trash ass site. Um, but it's like, you got to have a love-hate relationship with it because everybody's on it. Especially when you're gay. You have very limited places, you know, where you can go. Anyway, so, um... Dating for me has been a little crazy. Like I said, months ago, I had a couple of bouts where it was just drama filled. I had a bunch of people hitting me up with like um, a lot of issues like ex problems and kids problems and just a lot of drama. And it's weird to me when people do that on dating sites because it's like, yo, this is the first, you know, this is your first impression. This is what you want me to know about you. So you want those first couple of interactions to have drama that ain't even got shit to do with me? Nah, I'm out. Especially if y'all know anything about an Aquarius, we smell it. Like, I can smell drama. Um, you will see me quickly in the cut. You know, I will block somebody. I will not answer a call just because why? My life is drama free and I've worked really hard for that. That's not easy, you know? Everything about life wants to pull you into drama. <clears throat> so um, this round, though, has been pretty good. I've been meeting some really cool, interesting people on a friendship level, on in, on a potential, um, you know, possibility of a, of a dating level, but not putting any pressure on that. I think that's why I'm enjoying it a lot more. But I got to say, and this is my whole point of even bringing this up, ladies, you know, I date women. I'm a lesbian. Um... Y'all got to be a little more, you know, especially, all right, I'll put it this way. If you are not the person who primarily pays, then, you know, just, 
just bear in mind that, you know, it is very expensive to date and to be able to pop here and do this and do that. And while, you know, of course, if someone's asking you out, they absolutely want to do that. They want to get to know you better. But I've just had a couple of scenarios where I just thought that, you know, a couple people were being a little extra, especially like, yo, you don't know me, like, you know. Anyway, so just keep that in mind. Keep, you know, keep that in mind. If someone is going out of their way and, you know, they're showing you a good time, they're taking you out and stuff like that, um, be kind, you know, don't be extra and put your best foot forward. You know, it's the first time you're meeting the person, put your best foot forward. Like I said, I didn't want to believe with that, but I'm in the thick of it and enjoying myself. But um, I'll, you know, I'll keep throwing out little things and hopefully I can give you guys some examples. I'm not really big on sharing too much. It's not so much about my personal. It's more of what I say about other people. Um, you know, I don't really like to, the only reason I don't like to talk about like my relationships as much or like who I'm dating as much is because you still have to consider 50% of that situation is somebody else. And I'm delivering you my view, my lens of the scenario. And that's not always, you know, that's, that's not going to capture everything. So, you know, I always just want to be mindful of that. Moving on to the news. So prayers to the families of uh, Suzanne Douglas. Remember Parenthood with um, Robert Townsend? It was like a family show that was on for a couple of years. Really good show. Um, Suzanne, and she was just recently in um, When They See Us. She was in When They See Us. Um, just really sad. 64, young, plenty of time. Plenty of time to get into a lot of crap. 64 years old, she's left us, um, prayers to her family, and also I saw uh, the young lady from the Grapevine show. Have you guys ever seen the Grapevine show? I used to see clips of it on um, Instagram, I think, and I know I've saw, I've seen um, Aisha Fames. I never really knew her name, but her face was, uh, I would see it often. Um, I believe she would do red carpet events as well. Beautiful young lady. Um, died from unknown causes, 35 years old, 35. So prayers to her family as well. Um, just extremely sad. Um, I wanted to talk a little more about Biden's infrastructure plan, just moving into deeper news. Um, I'm going to pepper in little things. You know, I like to give information because this is really the stuff that we need to know. There's no reason why we shouldn't know at least a little bit about what our government is doing. So you you guys know, um, this is just one of the things that I'm gonna be peppering in the show, giving updates, um, and just putting like little bugs in your ear so you kinda know what's going on. Um, so uh, just focusing on the public housing, public housing piece, uh, $40 billion going into repairs and upgrades for public housing. Have you ever known anyone or have you ever experienced living in public housing? It is a, a different world, or at least it can be. Um, I worked for a property management company. I've worked for, um, yeah, I worked for a property manager. I'm not going to go too much into it, but I worked for a property management company. Um, they ran a few government subsidized properties. Um, and basically what happens is these property management companies, uh, sometimes they even get like crazy deals on building the property, but forget that. 
let's say you you have a property, right? And the government, just like Section 8, the government is going to cut you a flat rate per unit regardless of what's going on as long as you have someone in there. As long as you have a body in there, the government is going to cut you a specific rate, um, whatever the value of that uh, property is. As a landlord, it's guaranteed money. And you're not going to find that deal anywhere else because if you're a landlord and you're dealing with regular market rate properties, you may have vacancies, you may have units that sit for, it's a part of the business, that's normal. But in government subsidized properties, there's a waiting list to get in. So these landlords are making out hand over fist. And if you've actually ever visited one of these properties, some of them are really, really nice. Most, a lot of them, I will say, a lot of them are dilapidated, are uh, ill-equipped, not accessible, um, don't have the upgrades uh, you know, necessary. And you're talking about vulnerable populations, women, children, and a lot of times the elderly. Um, so <clears throat> these landlords make all this money. How is it that you don't have money for repairs? You're doing better than the landlords that are dealing with the general po uh, population. Those properties are fine. Those properties are nice. The reason for it is because we all know that housing, it's the vulnerable population. So why would we care? Why do we care? I just have to make sure that you have the bare minimum. So it is good to see, and we need to follow this because like I've told you from the beginning, yes, I voted for Biden, but that don't mean that you take your, you know, you take your eye off the ball at all. You can't trust any of these people, none of them. I don't care if they're a Democrat, Republican, I don't care who they are. As soon as you start getting a little taste of power and you're around these people that will bribe you and do all of this, it's really a cause of conscience. So a lot of people ain't going to make it through unscathed. So we keep our we keep our eyes on them. But the cool thing about um, when I was looking at, uh, you know, this this package or whatever, specifically the housing piece, Marcia Fudge is our new uh, secretary of housing and urban, urban urban development. This is what she said about this program. If you don't have a stable home, you don't have any stability in your life. So it is a foundation upon which we live. That gave me hope because at least she's talking some damn sense. Do you remember the former housing secretary? This guy, Ben Carson. Remember that idiot? Let me give you a reminder of the type of stuff he would say. People are not stupid. People are not as stupid as the media says. Many of them are okay, but I'm talking about overall. That was the person that was in charge of housing and urban development. I couldn't stand him at all. But I just wanted to give you guys a little tidbit of what's happening as far as that plan that Biden is, uh, you know, pushing. Like I said, he's going to go all across the country. Um, he he needs our support to make this happen. And I am all for it. We need to be competitive with other countries. Our roads are falling apart. Our bridges are falling apart. Um, we used to be world leaders and we're just not. We're not at all in so many ways. Other countries are flying past us mathematically, scientifically, um, just innovatively, electronically. You go to these different countries, the cell phones and things that we have, electronics, they're old school compared to what's in like Japan and Tokyo. Um, so we really need to step it up. So hopefully we see this plan pass. But uh, sticking with Biden, 
Y'all know I love my girl, Miss Maxine Waters, Auntie Maxine Waters. Um, Biden wants Maxine Waters to run for Senate. Maxine Waters has been a congresswoman in California since 92, baby. 92. And she is tough as nails. I love her. She is 83 years old. She don't play at all. She is America's auntie. Um, and she always speaks the truth. But the amazing thing, she um, she's done so many incredible things with her career. And at some point, I probably should do like a rundown of her and a few other pivotal women just so that we know like the real ins and outs of their background. We need to celebrate these women. But um, uh, last month, Waters announced new legislation that intends to provide a significant boost to exonerated individuals. So basically, people who have been um, imprisoned falsely, uh, basically convicted um, unjustly, they were innocent. When they get exonerated, she has this bill where they can get more money when they sue. Can you imagine someone taking your life and then for the government to say, oh yeah, we're at fault, we totally screwed up, ruined your life, can never give you that back, but you can only sue us for this amount. Mother F, what? What? There should be no cap. There should be real vengeance. Like, can you imagine somebody just plucking you off the street and locking you down and saying you did all this stuff you didn't do? And then you have to prove that you're innocent. How the hell do you prove you're innocent when you did just didn't do anything? You're not going to have any evidence that you're innocent. Well, technically you can. But do you remember the Adnan Saeed case in Baltimore where he had been um, convicted and then they finally, so many of these cases, and the people always say, how am I supposed to prove that I didn't do it? I didn't do it. Anyway, this is what Maxine said. While my legislation takes an important step forward, let me be clear that no amount of money could ever be enough to make up for the time and opportunity stolen from exonerees. Absolutely true. The Justice for Exonerees Act uh, legislation, if passed, would increase the maximum amount of money awarded to exonerees by 40%. So this is a significant financial boost for people who have just had their entire lives robbed from them. And clearly, or not clearly, but obviously... Why do I keep saying words like that? When your life, when you're taken away, it's not just you. It affects your entire family. It, in, it could affect your entire community, depending on who you are. Anyway, speaking of stolen time, Haitian President Jovenel, am I pronouncing that right? right? Um, Jovenel Mo Moises was assassinated and his wife wounded an attack at their home. Now, I read a couple of articles. I didn't get a chance to look over news clips. Usually I try to do both. Excuse me. Um, but I did look at several news clips. I mean, uh, several articles. And a couple of articles are saying that the attackers were speaking Spanish and American English. Obviously, I do not have any evidence of this. But this is what is being reported. Um, the interim president will be uh, President Claude Joseph. Um, this is what I want to say about this. This stuff happens 
not all the time, but this stuff happens. And when we think about things like January 6th, and I'm going to talk about that a little more because um, there have been recent events, but when we talk, when we look at things like January 6th and we look at these different attacks that are happening and we look at these people who are harassing their neighbors and we look at these Karens and Kins, um, these types of things where governments are overthrown, it is not impossible that it happens here in America. The only, the only reason it hasn't happened is because of us. The people who have some sanity with them that are not going along with it. And because we haven't had our military and our government completely turn on us. But trust and believe that can absolutely happen. Militaries take over governments. Look at history. Militaries absolutely take over governments. Given a little more time, you can't see the possibility of Trump just saying, you know what, like Putin, um, I I'm not leaving. Yeah, I'm just, I'm not going to leave. And the military's got my back. And um, yeah, that's how we're going to rock with this. War in the streets, deaths, that can happen here. So when we have people spreading crazy election lies and things like that, pushing people into that mode, that's what stuck out uh, to me about this story of how close we were to an even worse situation and how we can see events leading up to something bad. I am, I'm not disillusioned at all. I don't think that uh, January 6th was at all the end of any of this. I think that it's going to get a lot worse. I think that domestic terrorism is the biggest threat to America. I think it has been for a really long time. Um, and now they got a little gas in the tank. Absolutely insane. Prayers go out to the our friends and family um, in Haiti. That is a That is a terrifying situation to live through to have so much uncertainty with the government. And I, I mean, I got to keep it real with you guys. We really, really need to be paying attention to situations like this because we ain't that far. We're really not. We have people fighting to, um, you know, suppress the elect, like suppress votes. That's like, these are, these are the first steps of a totalitarian government authoritarian government. These are the first steps laying the groundwork. First, you got to start saying the media is crazy. Fake news. You know, then you got to start making people not believe in the, the foundations of the government. Fake election. Be mindful, y'all. But on to some lighter, happier news. You know, I love, love giving flowers to our ladies that are out there doing their, doing their thing. Let's get on to some boss babe. So, uh, you know, men create war, women create beauty. Her, the 23-year-old uh, music prodigy, she is on the We The People uh, new series on Netflix. Did you guys hear about this new series? It is uh, created by Chris Neal, Chris Neely. And uh, produced by the Obamas. Remember last, uh, you know, 
the last season, you know, of, of the podcast, I was telling you that the Obamas were going to be producing a lot of content, writing books and um, producing content, and they had gotten that big deal with Netflix. So this is one of the projects. It's called We the People. Um, and it is a 10-part series that teaches children about civics through music and creative uh, creative imagery. I love it. I haven't gotten a chance to look at it yet. You know I'm going to. Um, the episode that her is on is called Active Citizen Episode. Um, I just love her. 23 years old. I constantly forget how, just how young she is and how much she has achieved. My lips are dry as hell. This is one of the reasons I do not like filming sometimes because I have to sit here and worry about what I look like. I feel like the, you know, the dimples just saved me a little bit, but all right. <clears throat> Next on Boss Babes, and you know we love her. I don't talk about her a lot, but she's a spicy damn pecan, and we know. We knows it. Naomi Osaka, she has a documentary coming out on Netflix July 16th. Um, it is called Playing by Her Own Rules. Let's check out the promo. No one really knows all the sacrifices that you make. Just to be good. Before I went US Open, so many people told my dad that I would never be anything. Growing up, all I was thinking is like, I, I want my mom to like be happy. I want her to stop working. She would work overtime. She would sleep in her car. My dad's always been proud of where he comes from. Whenever I'm in hard situations, he's always told me my ancestors were on the ship for like 40 days. I use that as strength. For so long, I've tied winning to my worth as a person. To anyone that would know me, they know me for being a tennis player. So like, what am I if I'm not a good tennis player? Yo, I gotta say, I really, really like her and I cannot wait to check out um, playing by her own rules. That is going to be super dope. I really, really want to know more about her. She seems like she would be a weed smoker. I think, I think that's probably why I like her. And, uh, that actually brings us to our next segment. Let's move right on to marijuana news, cannabis news, weed news. <laughs> <coughs> All right. So Albuquerque, New Mexico, um, this is for my animal lovers here. <laughs> Albuquerque, New Mexico is retiring their canines, retiring a whole bunch of canines, um, following the legalization of recreational marijuana. Um, now, ca uh, cannabis, uh, is now legal. If the dog alerts on drugs, specifically marijuana, and they get a search warrant, that could technically be a violation of someone's rights. Um, and some of the dogs were specifically trained for weed, which is like, why would you do that? Like, it just, they've just taken this thing so far. Um, but yeah, so poor puppies, they go into retirement. <laughs> the, the dumb news is they're just going to spend, I think it was like around $200,000 in this one police department to, um, have fresh canines, not trained for marijuana, but for everything else, because the war on drugs is just, we just have not learned. We have not learned that the way that we go about criminalizing people for utilizing drugs only makes the situation worse 
forces it deeper into the underground, makes it more illicit, more shameful, keeping people in this cycle of abusing and using drugs, and uh, obviously creating a massive income for a lot of people who are capitalizing on the pain and suffering of others. Nevada. The Daily News was reporting this. Nevada is no longer going to be testing for marijuana for their fighters. So this is going to affect the uh, boxers and mixed martial arts folks. They're going to stop testing 1122. And this is straight through the Nevada State Athletic Committee. Nevada uh, legalized marijuana for recreational use in July 2017. So, uh, Long time, <laughs> uh, real long time, but culture is shifting and culture is shifting um, in, uh, in regards to marijuana very quickly, very, very quickly. People are just becoming very disillusioned and I think people of my generation and younger are just sick of the propagandized beliefs about the plant and constantly uh, the, the comparison to it being a gateway drug, something that is going to ruin your life, get you hooked on heroin and, and everything else, um, which we know is so far from the fact. Um, but listen to this about Nevada. Nevada, uh, you know, I start, I start looking more into it and we need to take the show to Nevada, actually. Um, maybe I should set something up as far as a trip. Maybe we could do like a dispensary type of, uh, you know, a type of thing because this is going to be rolling out in New Jersey. Um, and the more business ideas we can get, the better, because, you know, like I've said in past episodes, if you can get yourself remotely close to this industry, you're looking at a lot of money. This is a billion dollar industry and New Jersey is just opening up their door. So kick your foot in that hoe. Um, cannabis compliance board was given power to license and regulate lounges where cannabis is consumed and that was one of the businesses that i always wanted to get in um i wanted to have a hookah style bar um with weed you know and uh, people come out and they show you the quality just like if you were ordering tea at a nice restaurant they come out with a nice box they ask you what you like you get it rolled up for you or you get it in a hookah situation or a vape situation and, um, you know, some drinks, maybe a little food. That sounds like a good night out to me. Some live music. So, um, so yeah, we'll keep up to date um, with any marijuana news. If you guys have, if you know of any cool business, you know of a vendor, someone who is going to be opening something up or doing something within that industry, hit up the show. Let me know. Spicypecanpodcast at gmail.com. And I am on IG and Facebook um, at Spicy Pecan Podcast. And, you know, feel free. Some of you guys do, but feel free anytime. Send me a message. Tell me you like the show. Tell me you hate the show. Why? Why do you hate the show? Let's talk about it. Help me make the show better. So I am premiering a brand new segment. And it is called Show You White. Show You White is a segment exposing Karens and Kens of the world. Our very first story comes right here, not, not even a half hour away from where I sit. Mount Laurel, New Jersey, racist Edward Cagney, Edward Cagney Matthews. 
harassing his neighbors. I have some footage. I'm going to show the video. Um, I found out about this late because I damn sure would have took my camera up there and uh, recorded live. And I would have got interviews from people and all that. Um, tag me on this stuff because I damn sure will go and report live right at the event um, and get right in the middle of it. Get people talking and figuring out exactly what's going on. Um, <clears throat> harassing his neighbor. Uh, everyone's seen the video at this point. So he calls him a monkey. He calls him a nigger. He, he tells the police officer, um, you know, you guys can't do anything about this nigger problem or something like that. And um, he basically said his address. And if anybody has a problem with it, come see him. And from the footage, I'm sure you can see they did just that. And this is what we need to do. Tag me. But this is what we need to do as a people, as a community. And there were all types of people out there, white, black, everybody. Everybody was out there. That's what I'm talking about. We got to call this stuff out because it's gaining way too much steam. These people are getting emboldened. These election lies and things like that. This hasn't gone away. You might not hear about it every day in your life. But these people are hearing about it every single day with the news that they watch. And they get more and more riled up. We have to nip these things in the bud. You got to make races scared. You got to make racists believe that they going to catch an L, that there ain't nowhere to hide, that it is, you got to make them uncomfortable, uncomfortable to see the stupidity of what they're doing. So this guy was actually arrested. Edward Matthews was arrested and uh, now they're investigating other harassment claims. Uh, so apparently this guy has been a problem. So good. Give him the max. I can't wait to see the court case. Um, our next story, Ohio police chief retires after putting a KKK sign on a black officer's uniform and saying it was a joke. We'll play a little footage. An Ohio police chief lost his job after placing a KKK sign on a black officer's raincoat on surveillance camera. Chief Anthony Campo of the Sheriff Lynn Lake Police Department put the note on the raincoat set aside for the officer just before he entered the room. The note read Ku Klux Klan, the name of the nation's most notorious white supremacy group. A union representing the police brought the incident to the attention of the mayor who apologized to the officer involved and expressed his disappointment about the incident. He knows what he did. He just, you know, playing it off like it's, I don't, I, I don't even think he fathoms how bad this is. And he's going to realize it. So, and shame on him. And you know what? I hope he gets whatever he deserves. Meanwhile, Chief Campo says he was not fired, but retired and that the incident is, quote, being overblown. You know, the part about this that makes me the most upset and I don't blame the black officer, but you see how in the minute, in the moment, he just laughs it off. And we do this all the time. Black people. Uh, minorities in general, because I do know of a few of my Asian friends who have dealt with some things like this. And actually, even a couple Puerto Ricans, now I'm thinking about it, like stereotypical stuff. This is the type of stuff that happens at work. I mean, now people are a lot more conscious, but think five, ten years ago. And we laugh it off because to make a big deal of it, now you're going to make someone else feel uncomfortable. It's going to become a bigger situation and everybody hates talking about race. Black people don't like talking about race. We don't want to have to teach you 
how to be a fucking human. We don't want to have to teach you that the things that you do just so nonchalantly are just incredibly racist and insensitive and how dare you and why would you? We don't want to have to do that. But these are the types of things that happen all the time at work. And I encourage you um, to do the exact opposite of what this black officer did. He did correct it afterwards. I think, you know, once it kind of hit him like, yo, what the, you know, did correct it afterwards, reported it and, you know, it got handled. But don't let this stuff slide. Call it out in the moment. Call it out in the moment. For some of us, we do have to think about it. I had a situation Um, and I'm not going to talk too deep on it. It wasn't a racist situation. It was a sexist situation. I was being treated a certain type of way because I'm a young black girl. Emphasis on the, the, the young woman part. You know what I mean? Um, and somebody was talking to me in a way that there's no way he would ever talk to even a black man or a white man like that. And I didn't want to deal with it at first because you, who wants to deal with this? Like, why should I have to deal with this? But you know, a couple people kicked it to me and we're just like, no, mm-mm, no, we cannot let stuff like this stand. And you're not doing that person any favors. And yeah, sometimes we do feel bad when we make un- white people uncomfortable. Yes, sometimes we do. I don't know why. I guess it's just so conditioned in us. We are just like, oh, well, so-and-so is not that bad of a person. And so it's not about being a terrible person. It's about being an ignorant person. I'm not saying everybody's evil. I'm not even saying everybody who's racist is evil. They're ignorant. Ignorant to the point of where it starts to get evil. But anyway, um, um, that, that story, you know, that kind of hit me a little bit. But this one really pissed me off. And I'm going to leave the link so that you can actually see the article. <sighs> so... I'm reading this article that comes out. Uh, it's from Livingston Daily Reporter. And it, uh, or I'm sorry, Livingston Daily is the, um, the newspaper. The reporter who wrote the article, her name is Kayla Doherty. Kayla writes this article about four teens being charged in connection with a racial harassment, with the racial harassment of a black student. If you read this article, you can tell that this woman is white writing about a black student. It is clear as day. It's almost like she just read the article and you'll see what I'm saying. The young lady was harassed by four students, okay? Um, Three of the students were charged as adults. One of the students was charged as a minor. None of the students' names were released. And that was a decision made by the prosecutor, Carolyn Henry. The young lady's name, the black young girl, I'm not gonna say her name because she's a damn kid, but her name was released in the article. So I just want to give you a picture of what we what like what we deal with. I don't think that y'all actually think about all the time what we deal with as as black women us. This story is written by a white reporter, prosecuted by a white prosecutor, judged by a white magistrate, Jerry Sherwood. This young black girl has her story being told by a white woman the seeking justice seeking justice white prosecutor white judge she's the only person out of all this or she's the only student out of all the students who was named and this may seem very small to you 
But this is the world that we live in all the time. The situation is us and everywhere around us where we're in a situation where we're seeking justice or we're harmed or we're done wrong, everyone around us is not us. And we have to rely on the morality of others to do the right thing. And just in the example of the article being written, the wrong thing was done. Why are you releasing the name of the young black girl, but none of the kids? The prosecutor's choice, white woman. So it was okay to release the names of the young black, of the young black girl after she had already just been victimized. Now it's okay to re-victimize her in a news article so that everybody knows that's the one that's sending little Kyle, little Bobby, little Timmy and Sam to jail. That just really bothered me. I'm reading the article and I'm seeing how the article is even being written. Like the part where they reveal she's black, it says, just read the article. It was very, it was very irritating. So what do you guys think about our new segment, Show You White? <laughs> I'm sure some people are going to be pissed off by that. Um, listen, so this was a great show. Um, I don't have a huge deep topic. I'm getting uh, the next couple of episodes more than likely going to have a couple of interviews coming up. Some really exciting things. You guys know I love, love independent filmmaking. I love indie. So um, we're definitely going to be diving more into web series that are coming out, movies that are coming out um, from, you know, people who just decided, you know what, I got the idea. I'm not waiting on a big network. I'm not waiting on no Netflix. I'm not waiting on none of that. When I get my camera, I'm going to make it happen. So we're going to support those. Um, but I just wanted to get into this and just, um, just go back to what I was talking about a little bit, just to, you know, just seal this in your mind. When we see people spreading information, uh, misinformation, if it doesn't put you in harm, check it especially if it's a person that you know. I am not a foreteller. I'm not a tarot card reader. I'm not a fortune teller. But everything in my brain is telling me that January 6th is the beginning. Everything in my brain says that there is a big movement happening that you may not be aware of, but you're seeing pieces of it here and, th here and there um, that is building not slowing down, okay? So when you see words like QAnon, when you see the attacks on voter suppression, when we're seeing people attacking their neighbors, when we're seeing things like, um, you know, uh, what was the other incident? The cop at the job. Like we're seeing all these things happening in a time where racial issues are on the news. No one can say they don't know that there's a big movement for Black Lives Matter. So the fact that these acts are happening in this time shows you just how egregious it is. And these are the, sto the stories that make the news are the ones that we just so happen to hear about, but we don't hear about everything. So what I'm telling you is that the best thing that we can do is to, when we see misinformation, we correct it. For our family members who are a part of QAnon and falling deeper and deeper into these cults, do what you can. You're closer to it than me. Please check your Uncle Bobby at Thanksgiving. 
please check your Aunt Sarah. You know what I mean? Um, but I can't even really say that because we have people in my family who um, just support the, the, the craziest things and believe in the craziest things. Um, and the, the sickest part about it is they tie it to God and the Bible. It's just, it's one of the saddest things that I've ever seen. It's worse than the whitewashing of Jesus. Um, but <clears throat> there was a, there were attacks on, in Philadelphia on January 3rd. Um, and it just re-emphasized what, you know, my thinking about this. So if I leave you guys with anything, it's just to be mindful, be aware. And um, if you haven't gotten your gun license yet, you know, you should really think about it. I am all for protecting yourself and protecting your family. I'm not saying walk around the street acting like you're a damn gangster, but I'm saying just like you have homeowner's insurance, have some life insurance, you also need that gun. You need some type of protection for yourself because if something, I don't know where you live, but Mount Laurel's 30 minutes away. And what if that guy had, you know, 30 of his friends show up instead of him just harassing his neighbors? What if they had guns? What if? We saw all those people walk Charlottesville, right? This thing is getting bigger, not smaller. Listen, I love you guys. I love my pecans. Stay well. Be amazing. Be blessed. I'll see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to Spicy Pecan Podcast. This is a wonderful new media.